You're listening to The Kelly Track Show. I'm your host, Kelly Track, author, coach, and eternal optimist. Each week, I'll give you lessons to elevate your life, reclaim your personal power, and truly awaken and transform. Your best life starts right now. All right. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in and for listening and for being here. I so appreciate you spending time with me here on the podcast. This is such a great episode today. And this topic of overcoming imposter syndrome has been coming up so much in not only my personal life, but with my ladies in the mentorship, which is my ongoing subscription business coaching program, which officially launches this July. Um, Right now we're in the middle of the beta test, but it just reminds me so much of when we are building a business all by ourselves, and quite often when we don't have you know anybody in our quote-unquote real life who's doing it too we can feel like such imposters or frauds um, and get those fraudy feelings when we are you know trying to build something as a new entrepreneur so I'm so excited to share with you some of my tips that I'd love to pass on to you if you feel like you have any of those imposter feelings or fraudy feelings or like, oh my God, who am I to do this kind of feeling? If so, this episode is for you. Now, really quickly, before we dive in, I want to let you know that I have a totally free and awesome quiz. It's called what's your zone of genius. So with this fun, totally free quiz, I've helped over 5,000 people figure out their zone of genius. And people tell me all the time that the results are crazy good. I just had somebody uh, who is like totally not my target demographic take the quiz. And he was like, I literally cannot believe how spot on this is. And hey, I worked very hard on the algorithm. So take this quiz, you'll do 13 little simple, easy questions. And as a gift to you, I'm giving you a free report that teaches you what your zone of genius is, how you can monetize that with a digital business, what you could sell based on your unique genius, how you could be marketing your stuff based on your unique genius, and most importantly, how you could be making 10K months if you monetize the things that came most naturally to you. So you can take the free quiz at kellytrack.com genius. That's kellytrack.com genius, and I will see you there. All right, my friends, let's get into this episode today. So first and foremost, I kind of want to talk about what the heck it means to feel like an imposter because, you know, I've heard this phrase so much around, you know, imposter syndrome and feeling like, you know, you're a, a fake or a fraud or, you know, you're not legit, but I want to give you some of the thoughts that people have when they feel this imposter syndrome come up because it might really help you identify some of the things you might be feeling in your own life. Because I know for me, I didn't really connect with the words imposter syndrome, but when I started to understand what these people were thinking and feeling, I was like, oh, that, I know that feeling very well. So I want to share some of these with you. So first and foremost, it's the feeling of not being good enough, not qualified enough, not ready enough, not special enough, not unique enough, whatever your version of not enough is. That could totally indicate that you are struggling with imposter syndrome. Other things like having a ton of self-doubt, you know, can I really do this? Can I actually make money doing this? Will people actually buy this? Will anybody who is not my friend, you know, 
give me their credit card details and go through checkout? Like, will I ever get like a real client? That self-doubt feeling. Even when you think things like, oh my God, I don't deserve this. Or maybe you have been given an award or accolades or praise, or somebody's told you a really great, you've done a really great job. And immediately you think, oh my God, I don't deserve this. Or like, no, no, no. Like I, uh, I really wasn't that great. Or you know what? This wasn't really me. It was the team. You know, we all know that feeling of when we feel like, holy crap, like, you know, I don't, I don't really deserve this. And we sort of deflect that praise and we're like, oh no, but it was like Sally from accounts who like really helped me. Yeah. Sally was great. You know, that feeling of like, I just don't deserve this. Now here is another indicator. It is being worried that you cannot live up to other people's expectations and, you know, fill in, you know, the the big shoes that people have envisioned for you. You know, so often we feel like the people we admire want us to do these huge, big, grand things. And if we don't do that, we sort of fall short to their expectations. It was really funny because my mom was just reminding me about one of my high school teachers was saying like, Kelly is going to be prime minister one day of Canada. And if she's not prime minister, she's going to like cure cancer. And, you know, looking back, <laughs> no wonder I had a very hard time like pursuing my creative soul's calling and becoming like a coach and like, you know, doing a podcast because I was very busy indirectly and subconsciously being like, um, I need to be prime minister of Canada or solve cancer and cure cancer. Like no pressure at all. Right. Maybe you've had sort of similar things said to you or, you know, people who had the best of intentions, but indirectly it's like, holy crap, I've got like big shoes to fill or like, I got to do like a really good job or like, I need to be like really legit and do like really serious work. I know that was such a story for me that I told, especially when it came time to kind of choosing between doing something conventional and doing like the heart-led, soulful work I really wanted to do. And when I mean by soulful work, it's like work that is in alignment with your soul and your heart and your genius and the work you were born to do and the stuff that is in alignment with like your creative intellect and, and your creative spirit, right? Um, and I really struggled to pursue this path. And I talk about this so much on the show because, you know, I had my traditional background, like traditional business school. Um, you know, everybody in my regular quote unquote life had a regular job at like a company, you know, and everybody that lived in my neighborhood was like, you know, a doctor or like a dentist or like an accountant or, you know, did like a quote unquote real job that you know what it means when you, when they say what they do. Right. Um, so if you feel sort of nervous because you can't live up to people's expectations or you feel like you have to be doing something really big to, you know, make other people feel proud, this might be another sign of imposter syndrome. Another key indicator is being like a really big perfectionist and wanting to make things perfect and being afraid to put stuff out there and really focusing on you know, what's wrong versus then what's right. And having that lens of like, it's just not good enough. Like it needs to be better. You know, this sales page will never be perfect enough. Or my website's just not pretty enough. It needs more tweaking, more time. My Instagram grid is like not aesthetically pleasing enough. It needs to be better. Um, and that getting caught up in the, the flaws that you see versus, you know, the overall picture of how great it really is. And it's like, you know, the difference between having like a launched website and you know, it's working versus it always being on your computer because it's just not pretty enough, good enough, cute enough, well-designed enough. We all know that feeling. Another indicator is the feeling that 
you know, you think your success is because you got lucky or you got a lucky break versus your own hard work and dedication and like you actually showing up and doing it and being like very skilled and competent, right? It's that feeling of like, oh, I just got lucky or, you know, it just was like right place, right time versus like you actually showed up and did the hard work and like now you got the amazing promotion or you got this awesome job or you got this incredible client. So if you're really quick to attribute things to like luck or uh, I just manifested this, like it just came out of the air for me um, versus like, hey, I actually did the work. That was a good time to check in as well. Another indicator is like when you think that your stuff is so simple that anybody can do it and that your talents are really not that special. So in my language in Kelly track terms, I would say like, you think that your zone of genius is something that's so accessible to everybody. And you don't recognize your own genius. You don't recognize your own gifts and abilities and how unique those are. You know, I, I um, I'm getting really deep into the, the zone of genius work and really fleshing out my my whole, you know, approach and strategy, which I've coined it as the genius framework. <laughs> and one of the things I, I teach in depth in the genius framework is, um, you know, your genius is as unique as your fingerprint. You know, we all have our own very, very unique genius. And even though, you know, part of my genius might be teaching and speaking and creating and sales and marketing, the way in which somebody else might be doing teaching and speaking and creating and, and marketing and selling is totally different, right? So even though we have similar skill sets and gifts and abilities, when we use those together at once, the, the byproduct and the output is very different. So when you feel like your talents and your gifts and your genius is just sort of average or ho-hum and, or like not that special, that's such a big sign that you might be feeling like an imposter. Because the reality is, it's not, you know, everybody has their own genius and I don't care how dumb or stupid you think you are or how much society has told you that you are not excellent or exceptional. There is a genius inside of you and we all have it. And I, um, I, I just want to remind you that, and I'm so passionate about this work. I feel like I could preach about this for days <laughs> about the power of honoring your genius. But when you don't see your own genius, and even if you think, you know, Maybe, for example, like you've listened to the show for a long time and you've heard me rattle on about the genius stuff and you think, oh, well, I'm just like not a genius. There's nothing special about me. That might be a sign of imposter syndrome where you're sort of taking your talents and gifts and abilities for granted and thinking everybody can do it when in reality, not everybody can do it. I know a really clear example for me around this was when I was in business school and I did not realize that public speaking was very hard for people. And we had one course and it was public speaking. And to me, I literally waltzed into this course. I was like, this is going to be the freaking easiest A I've ever gotten in my life. Like I honestly didn't even have to try for that class. And every week we had to do like a presentation at the front of the class or like, you know, do a PowerPoint and teach to the class. And then there was the final project was... Um, our professor would give us like a prompt and we have to do like an impromptu spiel for like three minutes at the front of the class about the topic. And oh my God, it was hilarious. Cause I was like, I would see kids like sweating and being nervous and getting really like, you know, frustrated and upset and like really, like really nervous for this impromptu three minute chat about some random topic. And I think mine was like oranges. And I went up to the front of the class. And I was like, and I just rattled on about oranges for three minutes. And it was to me, one of the first times I realized, oh, 
I'm very good at public speaking and this is very easy for me and very natural. And a lot of people are not good at this. And that was one of the first times I realized, oh, actually, you know, my talents and strengths are something special and not just like generic. So sometimes we just need examples like that in our life where we feel that and when we see it and we can recognize it. So I encourage you to always do that in your own life too. So another sign of imposter syndrome might be, you know, you having a hard time really taking to heart your past successes and achievements. And I know this is sort of the case for me. Like I'll like brush off past stuff and I'm like, whatever, doesn't really matter. Or like that was a thing in the past, whatever. Now I'm working on this bigger, better thing. Like this needs to happen for me to feel successful. But it's, you know, having that hard time really internalizing your success and really like honoring your success and valuing, valuing your success. And I think this is extra hard if you are a woman. Woman because I just feel like, you know, you know, traditionally men are just so much better at owning their, you know, strengths and applying for jobs that, you know, they don't even have all the qualifications for. And I feel like as women, there is such power and courage in owning your success and standing tall in that. And, oh Lord, this is a practice for me. And one of the things that I continuously have to work on and, you know, um, right now in the mentorship, uh, one of the ladies was saying like, you know, oh my God, Kelly, you're just so good at owning your success. It has been a practice, my friend. Like I have to practice it because this is where I get caught up in the imposter syndrome stuff where I think whatever I did yesterday was yesterday. It's just not good enough. I remember listening to, I forget, a podcast or something. And this person, I think they're a real estate agent. And they had said, you're only as good as your last deal. And I was like, oh my God, like, is that not the narrative and story of my life? Like, I pretty much think I'm only as good as my last launch, my last, you know, month of sales, like whatever was current, anything in the past, like, well, I'm like, that was the past doesn't count. Um, and if you're like me and you feel like this too, this might be a little sign that you might be struggling with a bit of imposter syndrome. Another clear indicator of imposter syndrome is feeling like people are going to figure out that you are a fraud or you have been faking it or you're not that great. Um, and then people are going to find out that you, you know, are not as quote unquote successful as you say you are. And this is one, oh my God, this is probably the biggest point for me in terms of what I've struggled with, with imposter syndrome, because I had shared in, oh my gosh, a podcast episode. Why can't I remember which one? Anyways, in the last couple of weeks about when I was doing my shadow work uh, with Debbie Ford's book, The Dark Side of the Light Chasers, um, I kept thinking like, you know, my success is just not good enough and six figures is not good enough uh, because I need to do seven. And when I get seven, that'll be better and even more legit, right? I'll be even a better business coach because I'll know how to make a million dollars, right? So you know, like classic, you know, this is just such a classic thing. Cause I kept thinking, well, are people going to like call me out for not making a million dollars? And I, I mean, I feel so embarrassed saying that out loud, but maybe you feel like this too in your own life where you think if I had this higher tier or this next level, you know, I'd be even better. And because I'm here at, you know, this place, I feel like it's just not good enough. And people are going to figure out that I'm like a fraud or like, I'm not even that great. Cause I've only done like a, and I really, really wish I had done B that kind of stuff. And it's ridiculous because we are all accomplished and there's so many people out there, you know, that'd be like, Oh my God, I'd love to have a six figure business. And my former self, I remember when I just started my business, I would dream about the day when I would run a six figure business. And then here I am being like, well, it really should be seven. It's ridiculous, but it's just one of the things that comes up so much for new entrepreneurs, especially when we get any taste of success. Like if you are already in the business building journey and you've been doing it for a while, or even if you have one client, you know, 
say you have one client, one paid client, and you're like, you got a you know great result from them and a great testimonial. Maybe you're still feeling in the back of your mind, like, oh my God, is somebody going to figure out that I'm a fraud? Cause like, I've only had like one client and like, uh, shouldn't I have like a thousand clients? And we just have to have that reminder of like, oh my God, I am going to be okay. Cause one client is great. Right. And there's a lot of people that don't have any clients. Another sign of having imposter syndrome is overcompensating and worrying that people are going to find you out or be like, gotcha, or figure out that you are a fraud. And I think the overcompensating is huge. I know this is another one for me. Um, I am, I'm an overachiever by design. I have been overachieving since I was born and I can't stop overachieving and it's just part of my DNA, but I have to mentally check in and be like, okay. Okay, when are we, you know, subconsciously trying to prove something here or, you know, f- stop trying to feel like a fraud, you know? So this is something that you might be struggling with too. If you feel like you are really overworking, you are trying to get all the gold stars, get all of the resume boosters, have all the things on your website um, to feel like you need more and more and more and more and what you don't have is enough. And I think this is just so key as entrepreneurs and maybe it's like feeling like you need way more clients or you need way more um podcast downloads or you need way more instagram followers or you need to be interviewed in way more different podcasts or you now need um tv shows to pick you up uh whatever it is for you it's that i need more 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 another sign is having a fear of failure and worrying that you are going to fail because then you wouldn't be perfect and people would you know in your mind you'd worry that people would respect you less because you failed um that is another sign and the last thing i'm going to mention here uh is if you have troubles accepting praise like if you deflect compliments and kind words and you brush it off and you're like oh like okay that's all like if that's you this might be another sign that you are struggling with imposter syndrome is that inability to accept praise and I think accepting praise as well once again as a woman is such a courageous thing to do and something that we just need to do more of right and you know, once again, like I, you you think of like a classic example of like a man in a boardroom versus like a woman in a boardroom. And obviously this is like me making generalizations. There's so many strong women that are great at accepting praise. Um, yet I would say that it's just so much more common for like a dude to be like, yeah, I'm great. Um, and for women to kind of deflect the praise or, you know, still feel like it could be better, um, or having that hard time really accepting that praise. And I think that just comes down to, to be honest, like society and society forever telling women that you're just not good enough and you need this one more thing and you need this makeup and this hairbrush and these clothes to be even better. And anyways, that is another, that is another, another note, but I definitely feel like when you have the courage to accept praise as a woman, it is such a powerful thing. All right. So you're probably thinking, okay, Kelly, that is totally me. I have some of these things. I definitely struggle with this. So like, tell me your tips. So I'm going to give you my five tips and strategies on how to overcome imposter syndrome and how to stop feeling like a fraud. So my very first tip for you is to remember that somebody would love to know what you know. Somebody would just absolutely love to have your knowledge. You know, one of the things I always teach my students in my course, Your Conscious Empire, uh, especially around the topic of, you know, when you are building a business and you are taking a stand for something and you're saying, and you're putting like a stake in the ground and you say, I am an expert at blank. I know this, I can help you with this. You got to remember that you can teach Uh, And you just need to be one step ahead of a person, right? I always say, if you want to teach somebody 
uh, grade three math, all you got to do is to be in grade four. You do not need a PhD in order to teach somebody grade three math, right? You can be a grade four student and teach that person in grade three how to do math because you were just there. You just learned it. And you know what? Think about it like this. If you are in grade three, what is going to be more appealing? Learn from somebody in grade four or learn from a scary PhD student, okay? When you're in grade three, you would way rather learn from the person in grade four. You know, that would have been totally me. I would have been super nervous to sit down with like the big adult, (laughs) but I would have like happily taken it from somebody who is just one step ahead of me. People would love to be in your shoes and whatever you have learned or figured out or discovered along your journey, people would absolutely love to know what your information is or how you did it or uh, how to get there too. So you got to remember that somebody out there wants to learn from you. And every time we say things like, this is not good enough. This is not enough. I'm not further along enough. People are going to figure out that I'm not that great. Or people are going to think that I need to be a PhD student in order to teach grade three math when I'm really just in grade four. Every single time we do that, we are not honoring our unique genius, right? We're not honoring our gifts. We're not honoring our skill sets and we're really dismissing it. And when we dismiss it, we deny the people who need our help. This is so key and something I'd love to drill into your head. Every time we get into our heads about, I'm not good enough, I'm like an imposter, I'm a fake, I'm a fraud, we are doing a disservice to the people that really need our help, right? And I always think of it like this, you know, there are so many amazing books that have been written. Okay. Let's think about a couple of my favorites. So Jen Sincero, if Jen Sincero got way too in her head and never wrote, you are a badass, I would be super bummed, right? If Brene Brown never wrote the gifts of imperfection, there's a lot of people that love that work. And people would be like, Oh my God, we're so bummed because we love that work. If Danielle Laporte never wrote the desire map, I would be so bummed because I love that work. You know? So when you you know, deny your gifts and your unique abilities and your unique way of doing things and you deny your genius, there are so many people out there that don't get a benefit from learning from you. And there are people out there that need to hear your voice and your message and the way in which you say it and the way in which you do it. And if you don't have the courage to show up for it because you get, you know, stuck in your head around imposter syndrome, there's a lot of people out there that are going to be upset, right? There's so many future customers that you can't serve. There's so much money you are leaving on the table from a business standpoint. Um, but most importantly, I always think about the visualizing the people out there that are not going to be able to learn from you when they would have loved to learn from you. Think about it like this in some of your, you know, hardest or darkest moments or most frustrating times in your business building journey, how much would you have just loved if somebody came up to you that was like, an expert or was just a couple steps along further in the journey and was like, Hey, I figured that out. Just do X, Y, and Z. You would have been like, thank God you are a life saver, right? So when we have the courage to get over our imposter syndrome and put ourselves out there courageously, we get to be that person for other people. If you find yourself really getting stuck in your head a lot, you know, this is a a tool that I've been using a ton, especially around this book. Uh, Whenever I get nervous around it or get, you know, weird about it when I'm like, oh my God, am I an expert enough? Am I good enough for this book? Um, And, you know, the book querying process is one hell of a journey. And if you want to listen to that, you can listen to the episode called the things I learned from 200 rejection letters. But you know, when it comes to being um, an author of a book, you have to prove that you are the only person that can write this book. And you have to prove that you are an expert and that you know exactly what you're doing. And you are the only person in the world that can actually write this book and create it and sell it. And it's like one big project around being like, Hey, 
I'm great. I know exactly what I'm doing. And this is perfect. This is my technique. I am so smart, blah, 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 blah. Take my book. And I had so much like worries about that. I'm like, you know, when things were not going well and when I was having a very hard time getting an agent and I was getting tons of rejection, I kept thinking like, is my book good enough? Am I good enough? Do I know my stuff enough? You know, is anybody going to read this? Is anybody going to want this? And every single time I got into my head around this, I would remember, you know, my favorite authors. And I would think, gosh, if they didn't put their work out into the world, I would be so bummed. And there are people out there that need to hear this message. And there are people out there that need this book and it's going to change their life in the way that certain books have changed my life. And if you get stuck in your head a lot, I encourage you to flip the story and place your focus on being of service to others and stop making it about you. You know, this is another thing I've really learned in the last, I don't know, year ish about my business. It's not about me. It's really not about me. It's about it's about my people. It's about my community. It's about being of service. It's about showing up for my destiny, for my soul's calling. It's about helping. It's about service. Um, and you want to make sure you're in the mindset of being in service to others. And if you want to do that better, get out of your head and stop focusing on you and start focusing on all the other people you can help and how much people need your stuff and need to hear it. And I think that's such a powerful way to you know, flip that script in our head when it gets hard and when we have those feelings of doubt and worry, um, it's just to remind ourselves there's somebody out there that needs this and if I don't make it, I am doing them a disservice. All right, so my tip number two is to ask yourself a question that I learned from Jen Sincero, and I cannot remember where I found this. This might have been one of her interviews, but she would just ask herself the question of, what can I get away with? And I love this question because this is not something that I do naturally. Like, this is such a question that requires you to be in your worth and to be like, you know, totally skipping the whole imposter syndrome and really going for it and playing big. Because she was talking about in the early days of uh, when she had her band, Crotch, uh, they wanted to get a record deal. And they got a record deal with like a really legit company. And um, they had only been playing for like a couple months and she had played guitar and they were singing and they had like, it's actually really funny because you can watch like her music videos online and stuff. And I just love this. And she would just ask herself, you know, what can I get away with? Like, you know, what, what could I just do? And I think that's so powerful when we feel like imposters and when we get in our heads, this is just such an empowering question to ask yourself. Well, what can I get away with? What do I think I can pull off today? Like, you know, how quickly can I make the jump from just learning how to play guitar to getting like a record deal at wherever, like Sony, I don't know what company took her, but, um, for example, like, you know, like Sony taking her, um, and I would just reflect this question to you when you are kind of feeling not really in your worth and not really sure about yourself and feeling like, oh my goodness, can I really do it? Just ask yourself, what can I get away with? Like, what can I get away with? Because that's just such an empowering question. And when you start asking that question, you got different, you know, different answers, right? So when you're thinking about questions, they always say, you know, your life is a reflection of the questions you ask, right? So if you're always asking and, you know, questioning things like, you know, am I good enough? Am I okay enough? Like we're always going to get that negative response from our inner critic. But when we start thinking things like, well, what can I get away with today? Like, what can I just do? What can I just like try, right? We're starting to get into that action mode and we're starting to get into that mode of possibility and that mode of sort of like kind of getting into that quantum leap of going from point A to point B in a very short condensed 
next amount of time. Um, I spent so much time. This is so such a side note, but there was like a couple months I got super detailed and focused on how to make quantum leaps, which is like how you condense time with like consciousness to go from a point A to point B very fast. It's like, there's no like direct science. Um, but if you ask yourself this question, what can I just get, get away with that points your thinking more towards a quantum leap, right? And, and condensing time and going from point A to point B quickly. And I think, you know, this question just really, it really puts you in your worth, right? It makes you, it's like forces you to be in your worth and to like accept that you're good enough so that you can like go do the big scary thing that you need to do, right? To be like, hey, like, you know what? My guitar skills, they're good enough. Now we're gonna go get a record deal, right? So ask yourself that, you know, what can I get away with? That's just a great thing, great tip I learned from uh, Jensen Cheryl, the one and only. Now, my third tip for you is to actually revisit your accomplishments because chances are uh, you are very exceptional and you have had done a lot of great things. And there is an exercise I teach in my course, Your Conscious Empire, that some of my students absolutely love. I uh, It's one of my favorite exercises. I'm not going to give it to you. You can get that when you enroll in the course, but um, it's a really powerful experience about recalling your accomplishments. And um, a lot of my students have done this exercise and like posted it up on their vision boards, like in their workspace, um, somewhere where they can see it every day. And I think it's just so key. So I'm going to save that exercise for your conscious empire, but I will say this, you know, when I get stuck on things and when I feel like I can't do something, I like to revisit my accomplishments and I go back to uh, reading my about page of my website. And I've done this many times and I go back and I reread all the great things I've done because as, as a human mind, sometimes we forget, we get so caught up in the achieving of the next thing, getting the carrot from the donkey, you know, and we get so focused on next steps, next steps. What's next? What's coming? What's the next thing I can achieve? How much money can I make off of this? What can I sell this for? Right. And when we forget about all those amazing things we did, and it doesn't have to be like, you know, very like hard, specific, tangible things like, I graduated from like X place with this kind of degree and this many uh, A's on my transcript. It could be like, I'm so proud of myself that one time I like, you know, knew how to like set a boundary with that person that was like pissing me off for months. And I did that and I like was really in my worth and I was so proud of it. Right. Get clear on your accomplishments. When I was in the middle of the whole um, pitching the book and trying to get a literary agent, I had to write query letters. So finding an agent is, it's actually, it's a lot of work and it's not an easy process and it's not super direct and simple. Like you have to do a ton of homework and there's no main directory with agents. Um, so when you kind of find an agent that you think would be a good fit and does your genre of work, uh, you want to make sure that as well, that they like your tone of voice, right? Because they, maybe they take self-help books, but they take very traditional self-help books and are not going to want self-help books with swear words in it, for example. But when you find an agent that, you know, you think would like your voice and does your niche, um, then you send them a query letter, which is like a one page kind of cover letter of your book, who you are, um, and, um, kind of like your book in a nutshell, what else goes in there? Any important stats about you and your, your kind of like mini bio. And this is like your one crack because you only get to go sort of a next step with an agent and they will ask for your proposal based on how good your query letter is, right? So you can only send them this, you know, one little document and your rest of your literary stuff is on the line from this one page. So I had to write a very good bio about myself and 
I was reading it out loud to my sister and I was like, does this sound good? And I was like reading it out and she's like, uh, Kelly, she's like, you sound like really legit. And I was like, oh, thank you. And it was one of those moments because I was like, was not feeling legit at all. I'm going to, let me find that query letter. Let me read it out to you. I hold a Bachelor of Commerce Honors degree from the University of British Columbia. I studied communications at Sciences Po in Paris and previously worked at Tesla Motors. At 22, I moved to San Francisco, started my first tech startup, and won a full scholarship to attend a pre-accelerator program in Silicon Valley taught by a billionaire venture capitalist. I am a four-time entrepreneur, the creator of three online courses, and now run a six-figure business. In addition, I host The Kelly Track Show, a top-rated self-help podcast with more than 100,000 downloads and 100-plus five-star reviews. I mean, like it's, it's, it's a good little bio, right? There's a lot of like great things in there. Um, and the irony is just, you know, sometimes we have to remind ourselves of our accomplishments because it can feel, you know, sometimes like, like, great. I did that. I've been there, but that's sort of what I had said before. Like you're only as good as your next deal, or you're only as good as your latest thing. Um, and I think it's so key, you know, if you struggle with imposter syndrome to go back to your accomplishments, re read them, you know, go back to your website's about page and reread why you're great and you know all the things you've done and I think it's just really key because when I read that I I remember things that I forget and I know that sounds stupid but I for a second I was like shit I forgot about Paris like I forgot about studying in France and things like oh Jesus three courses I mean I already I know I have three courses but I'm like crap that's like a lot of courses and my podcast downloads and my five-star reviews I was like that's really good and you know my uh, bachelor's of commerce honors degree and my Silicon Valley pre-accelerator program sometimes I just forget that like I'm 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 like legit (laughs) And that's because I have been dealing with imposter syndrome, you know, for, for years. And I only really, really stopped kind of really feeling like an imposter, um, uh, at the, the end of, uh, winter 2019, when I was going through the shadow work and I realized that so much of my shadow had to do with feeling like a fake and a fraud and a liar and just not feeling like I was good enough and, um, feeling like my business should have been bigger by now. And I needed to have a million dollar business and what I had done was not good enough. And I'm just telling you this because we, we all struggle with this and it's just such a common thing. So you're so not alone. Another tip that has really supported me is keeping a success tracker and documenting the things that I am proud of. So I keep track of all my sales in my business. They go into an Excel spreadsheet. It's uh, They're going in automatically from a zap that I set up through Zapier. But when somebody makes a sale, it automatically goes into a spreadsheet. And I like to look in the spreadsheet and track my success and see what's coming in in terms of sales. Because when I go in there, I visually see everybody and what they've bought for the month. And that, it just like reminds me that I am doing it. And I love that. And, you know, there really is no need to have this random document. It's only for me, right? My accountant doesn't see it. My bookkeeper doesn't see it. It's only for me because I want to see my success. Every month I track, I write down my big, big wins, big goals, big sales uh, on a piece of paper that sits on my desk permanently. I, there's a bonus that I offer, um, in your conscious empire. No, it's not your conscious empire. It's your money mindset about manifesting money in your business. It is your like intentions setting sheet and like manifesting things. It's that sheet in case you ever enroll in your money mindset. Uh, there's a bonus in there for you and it's a really good bonus. And I talk about what this sheet is, but this sheet permanently sits 
um, at my desk and I, I track, I track the big successes. Like what did I write down? I just wrote down uh, my success for the month was, was, uh, you know, my, uh, my literary agent offers, which is really exciting. Some private clients I had signed, um, some sales that I was uh, earning towards a goal that I had set. So things like that. I like to keep track of that in a place where I can see it because when I see it, I am reminded of it. Right. And sometimes on a daily basis, if I'm feeling, you know, if things aren't working or jiving or I don't feel very successful or, you know, stuff happens or somebody gives you some sort of mean comment, um, when you feel like a loser and a failure, you go back to your successes and you reread that. So keep a success tracker, you know, track down the things that you want to track, you know, what you focus on, you create more of, right? So I focus on (laughs) sales and good things in my business because that's what I want more of, right? So keep track of the successes that you want. I've kept track uh, in the past of all the things I have manifested when I was really working on my manifestation muscles. I had a huge running list of everything I manifested from money to money on the ground to um, winning contests to things flowing into my life. Um, even manifesting, you know, things that I had wanted to happen quickly, like selling something fast on Craigslist to like a great buyer. I just kept track of all these great things that were happening. And it really, it really framed my thinking into more of a miracle mindset and keeping a success tracker and tracking whatever success you want. If that's money in your business, great. If that is great things that are happening in your life, amazing. If that's things you're manifesting, awesome. A success tracker is just so key because it shows you, holy shit, I've been doing a lot of stuff over here. (laughs) And it might feel like on a day-to-day basis that the needle's not moving forward. But when you look at your success tracker, you're like, Oh, Hey, this is really sweet. And it's really fun to look back at it. So yeah, that's tip number four. Keep a success tracker. Now, my fifth tip for you is to say thank you and shut up. You know, one of the things I learned, mm, gosh, I think I learned this in like high school, but I used to not be very good at accepting compliments and praise and I would deflect it. And the person, you know, I remember I was giving that example before of deflecting praise. I was the gal that would deflect praise. Now I say thank you and I shut up and I feel the compliment. Like I literally feel into the compliment and I accept it. And I, I take a moment to acknowledge that this person is giving me nice words and saying thank you and accepting praise. And it, it kind of comes into like, um, kind of like a receiving, like, you know, I know for me worth and receiving has been a practice, Whew. especially receiving, like receiving energy, time, money, gifts. Um, receiving has been something I really have had to work on and I've worked on with folks and coaches and, you know, learning how to say thank you was sort of just the start. I remember reading, I think it was in like, this is so funny. It was like a Martha Stewart magazine and it was a quiz question. And it was like, when somebody uh, gives you a compliment on your shoes, what do you do? Do you A, say thank you? Do you B, you know, say, oh, they're not that great. Or C, do you say, oh, thank you. And you say, oh, your shoes are great too. Um, And I'd be the kind of person that would be like, oh, you know, they're nothing. Or like, oh, I like your shoes too. When I was reading in the answers that you should, and it was saying something like, you know, you should just accept the praise and just say, thank you. I so appreciate that and end it there. And that like blew my mind. I was in like high school reading that, but it was just one little random thing I learned from a Martha Stewart quiz um, way back in the day that helped me learn how to say thank you. And I think if you struggle with imposter syndrome, just accepting the praise is key. And I think accepting praise holds the, you know, the pathway and the keys to accepting 
gifts, to accepting love, to accepting money, um, accepting time, accepting support. You know, the other day I was on a phone call with my friend, uh, and she was congratulating me on my uh, literary agent offers because I. I got a couple offers too. Um, and she was congratulating me on my success because she knew this has been a little bit of a long journey for me. And I, you know, in the past would have been like cutting the praise short. And I just, I just sat there and I listened and I was like, this is my time to celebrate. I said, I'm going to keep, I'm going to, I called all my friends, I voice memoed all my friends uh, and I gave them the news. And it was more about me receiving the praise, you know, me really listening when they were telling me like you deserve this you've been rocking it I see how hard you've been working for this like you're so deserving of this and I listened to it and I accepted it and in the past I think I would have been like let me change the topic quickly let me talk about you now we've been talking about me for a while let's talk about you so getting into that practice of receiving and and accepting the praise is is just huge and just something that I am always in, you know, the practice of, of remembering and to continue to do. So just use that, you know, next time somebody gives you a compliment or wants to praise you and celebrate you lean into that and like accept it and know that that's okay. And it's going to help you, you know, feel of course, like less like of a fraud and less like an imposter, but it's also going to help you raise your self-worth. And it tells the universe that you are a good receiver. And when you are a good receiver, you can receive other things too, aside from compliments and praise, like gifts, love, money, time. Um, and that's just, gosh, just such a big thing. So yeah, receive, 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 receive. And once again, I would say, you know, as women, we have a hard time receiving because we're such great givers. We always want to give and we're always so you know, cautious, even on the phone call, we know when we've talked so much and it's like, okay, my friend, tell me about your stuff. Right. But you know, linger in that moment when your friends are celebrating you and say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Don't cut it short. You know, if your boss is praising you on the team in front of everybody else, don't like, you know, grab the mic and be like, all right, that's enough. Say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I think that's just so powerful. All right, my friends. And there you have it. That is the show for you today. I really hope this episode was supportive in, you know, aiding you in identifying if you have any naggling bits of imposter syndrome kicking around in your noggin. And I want to give you a summary of the five tips I shared with you today. Number one, remember that somebody would love to know what you know, right? And you only need to be in grade four to teach somebody math who is in grade three. You do not need to be a PhD student. And remember, when you deny the things that you are good at, you are denying people of, you know, getting the help that they really need. Number two, ask yourself this amazing question from Jensen Chero. What can I get away with? This forces your mind to shift from thinking, you know, am I good enough? Am I ready? And having that negative, you know, worries of self-doubt to shifting your mind into the idea and the realm of possibility and what you can really do and achieve and accomplish, right? You get what you focus on in life and your life is an answer to all the questions you have asked yourself so far up until now. So just ask better questions to get better results. And one of my favorite questions I can give to you is just what can I get away with? Number three, reread your accomplishments and reread them as many times as you need. Reread them every day, your website, your about page, whatever you need to remind yourself of all the things in the past that you have done and stuff you are proud of. This could be, you know, tangible things like, for example, getting a degree from university. It could be more of like a, a mental self-worth thing as well. Like, for example, setting a boundary with somebody that you were afraid to set a boundary with and you really stepped into your self-worth and you really worked on your mindset. 
Number four, keep a success tracker. You know, what you track, you're going to get more of, right? So track what you really want to get more of in your life, whether that's sales in your business, whether that's paid clients, whether that is, you know, things you've manifested, awesome things that have happened to you, you know, good opportunities that have flowed your way, even things that have just, you know, made you really feel spark joy and like maybe even feel like really present in your life. Track whatever you want, but having a success tracker is so powerful because on the hard days, you can go look at that big, you know, document of all the great things that have happened and occurred, and it'll really help you lift your spirit when, when times get tough. Number five, say thank you. Say thank you and shut up. <laughs> accept the praise, accept it. And, you know, when you practice being in the receiving mode, the universe can give you more amazing things to receive, like time, money, energy, love, gifts, abundance, opportunities. But if you're not a good receiver, you can't receive more. So practice your receiving skills and being in your worth and like really owning what you do and how great you are by saying thank you and say thank you and shut up. All right, so that is the whole show for you today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. If you love this episode, take a second to take a, a screenshot, share it on your Instagram. I'll give you a shout out on my stories. Maybe send it to a pal that really needs to hear it. We all have that friend in our life that is like, totally not thinking that they're amazing and they are like so obviously amazing please send them this episode you know some of the best podcast episodes I listen to are when my friends send me stuff and they're like Kelly you need to listen to this and I'm like oh my god yes this is totally for me so take a second send this episode you know if you are on Apple iTunes in the bottom uh, left hand corner there's the three dots and you can click the three dots and you can forward it text it out to somebody that is just such a key way to get the knowledge out there Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the show and lastly if you haven't already come take my free quiz called what's your zone of genius and I will tell you what your zone of genius is how you could be making 10k months in your business with it and what you could sell based on what comes most naturally to you you can get my crazy fun and free quiz and the free report at kellytrack.com genius that's kellytrack.com genius all right thank you so much and I'll catch you back here soon bye Thank you so much for tuning in and listening today. If you love this episode, please take a second to share it with somebody that you know needs to hear this message. And if you feel so called and so moved, please write an honest review of what you think about this podcast in iTunes and leave me some stars. That would truly help me out on my journey to helping millions and millions of people. And until next time, have a lovely day and I'm so excited to see you back here soon. 